Hey guys, welcome to episode 67 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, editor-in-chief at Fanbold.com. I am Matt Rodriguez, the owner-in-chief editor of Shakefire.com. Mike with last one at readthetheater.com and atlcw.tv. And uh, we do have a little bit of small talk this week because we all went bowling on Monday and I did really well. Yeah. <laughs> you really, did do Emma? really well. I mean, you had an amazing third game. Yeah, that, that third, third game was just ridiculous. I've, I've never scored that high ever. The secret I have found for me personally with bowling is to let someone else bowl for me. I think that is the key to uh, being good at bowling. Um, mm. who'd, who'd you let bowl this time for you? <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> it was awesome. That was uh, your score is like 165 or something. That was crazy. I think yeah. the the first game I I bowled, I did like I got 90. It wasn't as bad as some games as previously. Mine? As mine? Yeah, yours was pretty bad. But you had a, was it the first game that you had a good start, Mike? You had a no, really the good second, second, the second game. Second game, I, I scored over 100. Yeah. And I got two strikes in a spare. Two strikes uh, in a row. It was impressive. It was definitely yeah. impressive. Um, that was our Game of Thrones uh, comic cosplay, and that wrapped up our summer series of that event. We're going to be back doing more um, with the Comet Pub and Lanes. Uh, we are figuring out if we're going to keep it on Monday nights or how we're going to kind of structure that going forward. Uh, so stay tuned as soon as we have updates on our next event. Uh, we will let you guys know, and hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll be a fall event and not a winter event, but we'll... Uh, We'll keep you posted. <laughs> Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Um, no spoilers, though, because I haven't caught up. <laughs> You're almost there. Although, although, I will say I will rant for a second, because I, I was spoiled on last week's Game of Thrones episode in the most random way, because I was driving into work and listening to the radio, and a commercial for a car company spoiled game of thrones really it was yeah because like i've heard their commercials before i forget who it is right now but um basically like they they do like a conversation between two people to make it seem like you're listening to like a radio show or something and they'll like they'll talk about pop culture and stuff and then they'll throw in their car ads or whatever and like they talked about game of thrones and it was just, you know, I was just listening, and it just goes straight into spoiler territory. I was like, what are you doing? It was so weird. Uh, and, like, I got so angry. It's like I have no idea how big a spoiler it is or whatever, but it still, it was just like, oh, my God. And it was, it was I think it was Tuesday. So it's not like much time had passed since the airing of the episode either. Yeah. It's not like they were spoiling last season or anything. It was two days ago. Yeah, that was, uh, without saying any spoilers, the last episode of Game of Thrones was pretty epic. And um, the the battle scene in it, uh, like, broke a bunch of records for certain things that happen in said scene. Uh, it's really actually impressive to... HBO does like this... View, viewing records or, like... No, like, like uh, kind of... things they did with stuntmen or stuntmen oh, okay. in the episode, and um, HBO normally does this like after the episode. I can't, I don't. Uh, that ma- that might be what it's officially called. Um, but after the episode airs on HBO, they do this kind of like 
after thing to kind of show you how certain things happen in the episode. And there's been a lot more kind of press coverage on that whole battle sequence as well that's been online yeah. the last couple of days. Um, it's definitely worth checking out um, if you are up to date on the episode. I yeah. mean, the, <laughs> the battle scene itself isn't a huge spoiler. Um, nothing really huge happens in it. Um, something almost huge happens in it, but doesn't happen in it. Um, but it's it's definitely worth kind of reading about some of the, the technical aspects of that because it was pretty yeah. freaking cool and it looked great on screen. So I've seen like I've seen posts about said video, but they're always, you know, prefixed with spoiler alert and stuff like that. So like I haven't actually watched the video yet. Yeah, yeah, it's uh well you're almost there though. You're like Yeah, I'm um, I'm like half a season behind. Yeah, so you'll it's like I'm almost done with 6 and then I'll start into 7. So you'll probably be up to date before the season finale, which is in like oh my god, it's yeah. in like 2 weeks or something. It's <laughs> It's like almost there. It's really depressing. I feel like it just started back and now it's going to be gone for yeah. another year. It's Anyways, I guess we got to get used to that because it'll be over here pretty soon. And I haven't yeah. heard any more updates on the spinoff series, but hopefully we'll... Are, there, are they doing a Game of Thrones spinoff series? I, heard, I didn't even know they were doing that. I heard that they were. Um, I haven't heard any information about it in a while or what it actually like is going to be. Um, hold on, let me look it up really quick. But they talked about it... Um, let's see. Game of Thrones cast spinoff pitches. Okay, that's just like a funny video uh prequel hbo clarifies game of thrones prequel spinoff plans that was an article from june of this year um basically saying that uh let's see hbo programming president downplays rumors of four new series the bar is set is so high that my hope is to get at least one show that lives up to it so i guess they could do like do the like the the reign of the mad king because, you know, could. that's always referenced so much. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I mean, right now they're currently planning to develop four spinoff series, which is a lot. Um, yeah. Maybe you should start with one and <laughs> just kind of <laughs> keep it there for a little bit and, yeah. and see or how that maybe goes. Maybe you should just finish finish Game of Thrones first. Or, or maybe. maybe. I mean, you want to have something to roll out quicker than they've roll, rolled out this season, I guess. Um, so. Yeah. Maybe with having different productions, they can actually make that happen. Um, uh, the final season of Game of Thrones, though, is not going to debut until late 2018 at the earliest, possibly even 2019. So don't get super excited about when you're going to see the last seven episodes after this season. So what you're, so what you're saying is I have plenty of time to actually catch up on Game of Thrones. Yeah, plenty yes. of time. Years. You have years to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is the kind of like gap that happens with like a Netflix Marvel show, um, like or, Jess, or a British Jones or something. British show. Yeah, or a BBC show are, with six yeah, episodes like per season. <laughs> yep. Um, anyways, moving moving along from our our Game of Thrones topic. Mo- moving on to some stuff that I know about. <laughs> uh, nope, actually, we're gonna bypass stuff that you know about for this next bit. <laughs> Matt had a uh, interview and a press junket on Monday. You want to talk Monday. a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I got to talk to Marlon Wayans. Um, he was in town to promote his new series, his new TV sitcom called Marlon, which is um, it's going to be premiering on NBC next week, August sixteenth 
Um, and yeah, so he was in town promoting that, and he has a new movie coming out called Naked that's coming to Netflix. So, you know, August is a really big month for him, and so he was a really good, really good interview, you know. Um, he really gets into basically the meat of acting, you know, for comedy and how Marlon is very much a physical physical show for him. And um, I've seen a couple of the episodes. They're actually pretty entertaining, you know. Um, it's filmed in front of a live studio audience, so it does have a laugh track. <laughs> but um, I, I enjoyed it, you know. Um, so, yeah, here is my interview with Marlon Waynes for Marlon. Welcome to Atlanta. Thank you. Again. Again. I love yeah. ATL. I love this place. The first place uh, I ever got mobbed was Atlanta. Really? Me and my brother, we was opening my. We was doing something at the mall. I forgot what mall. Was it Greensboro? Uh, yeah. Greensboro Mall. Greenbrier. Greenbrier Mall. And uh, <laughs> it was Wayne's brother was about to come out. And we had this big thing at. Uh, at the mall. Green Rock Mall. <laughs> and there was like 5,000 girls there, and we got chased. Wow. Like chased? Yeah, it was like the Beatles. Like the nice. Black Beatles. It was yeah, awesome. It was awesome. I didn't realize how strong women were. That was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. Especially young women, huh? Oh, yeah. Especially young women, Atlanta women. They're strong. They eat their grits out here. Get your ass over here, little boy. So what's it like coming back to, you know, your own series? Because it's been a while since you've done TV that's been your own full sitcom. series sitcom. You know, you've guest starred here and there, but so what's it like coming back, you know, full steam, basically? I don't even think I guest starred. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I touched television except for, like, Leno and Letterman. And, and you posted a couple of comedy shows and stuff. Right? Yeah, well, I, I didn't, I, I, I think this is, if Wayne's is a weird we always like doing our own. We, when you're doing a show, like I do a sitcom, I want it to be my show because I, I want to use the writer and the producer in me and be able to make the right choices and do lines I'm comfortable with doing and, you know, be the floor general and help out the cast and let them be comfortable. And I just like the vibe of the Marlon set. When we did Wayne's, it was like the vibe of, you know, the set when you're. It's your whole aura. It's, it's it's in your. It's like your your matrix. It's in everybody. Your spirits in everybody on the set, and it's exciting. So I mean, for me, it's the only way to kind of do TV. And I felt like I never left. And, uh, it's crazy because it's 20 years since I did it. Yeah. And when that audience, I wanted to do it in front of a live audience because I just love working with live audiences. And when that heard that first laugh, I was like, Yo, I never left. It felt like riding a bike, right? It was just back yeah. there again. Yeah, and actually, like, not riding for a while. I'm actually a be I, I'm better now than I was because of the journey that I've been on. Where I control, like, Wayne's Brothers, I would take front lines and do my best to make anything funny. But Sean was the guy going, ah, let's change this, let's change that. And I started doing it, too, as I matured. Um, but this time, I'm going, mm, I don't like the story. I don't think the story is connected. It's not, it's not uh, resonating truth to me. So here's how this happened. And here's what we should do with the characters. And here's how it responded. So you're walking people through it, and you have a much better 
perspective on yourself and your situations and jokes. And I think stand-up for the past seven years has helped me with articulating those thoughts. What do you think, um, why did you decide to design the, um, the sitcom the way, way you did with an act, you know, using it in a divorce situation as opposed to just a... Because it's what I knew. Um, I think you 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 got to write what you know. And, um, is this I similar knew. to your current It's my family. Situation? It's my life. It's based on my life. It's, I was never married, but, you know, we went through a, a breakup, but we remain best of friends. And uh, we don't even call each other, like... Exes, I still call her baby. She still calls me baby. I, I always love that woman. I don't think just because you break up that you have to not talk for animosity. You know, we, we're actually better friends now than we were when we were together. We, when, we argue, when you argue now, you go, all right, what's the solution? It's this. Okay, my bad. All right, I'll work on that. All right, I'll work on that too. You go, whereas before, you go six days of angry. It's not even like that. Um, so it's, it's, it's good to do truth. The only thing I changed that's not as truthful is that the kid on my show is a, more uh, rambunctious than my son. My son's too, I told him, I said, you too cool for TV. You'd be boring as shit, you'll give me cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Did he take that personally or he was okay with it? <laughs> he was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> so your son is not following in the way of tradition? No, nah, my daughter is. My, my son's a ball player. And he's an athlete, and the boy is nice, so uh, um, he has our work ethic, and um, he's just getting better and better every game. And, um, I, I don't want my kids to do what I do. I want them to do what they want to do. What's your grade? You do that. If you go to school and you're not doing, you go to college and you're not studying what you want to study, you're wasting my money. You go do you. Whatever you decide, I don't care if it's rocket science, if you're studying inchworms, I don't care. Just make sure you love it. And if you love it, I support you. Don't do what I, what you think I want you to do. This ain't about me. It's about you. This is your life. You have to find your smile. I got mine. Were you at all disappointed they ran? They ended up moving Marlon to the summertime versus the regular season? Does it matter or did it make any difference to you? Um, I was actually happy. Uh, that they, I was confused at first, but then I realized the biggest show. You no, know, the biggest show is America's Got Talent. And so they're launching me behind their biggest show, and they're giving me the best shot to win. And so when you look at it from from that lens, I'm grateful. You know, what I mean, everybody wants this time slot, and you know they believe enough in the show that you know that they gave me this time slot. It's a funny show. I love. I watch it and I laugh. I mean, and I'm not because it's me. I just like it's a good show. I watch it. I show my kids a couple of episodes. And they was like, wow, Dad, I didn't know you could be funny being appropriate. <laughs> and of course, I was like, well, fuck you. Um, <laughs> there's there's a lot of physical comedy in it. Yeah. And you're doing a lot of the physical. Like, you're always around everywhere. Yeah. All over the place. You know, like, were there a lot of takes? Like, did you ever get exhausted? Like, what was it like on set? I get exhausted, but... Um, I think everybody, the directors, we have conversation about things I do beforehand because when I'm in it, I'm sweating. Yeah. I don't let makeup, hair, nobody come. I'm in it. Just leave me alone. Keep me wet. Let's go. Keep. I'm, I do two to three takes. There'll be long takes. Yeah. And then from there, when I'm inspired, let me go until I'm tired. We got that. All right, cool. Let's now. Nah, let's let's move on to the next scene. But um, when I go, I just go, and everybody knows. I don't. I don't want to do ten takes of that. That's why we got four cameras. So I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give three dope ass takes, I, and then from there it's like, what do you need? What didn't we get? And 
we didn't get this part. Alright, so I'll go in and I'll do a take. Let's punch in for that. Because for me, I'm sitting in the editing room and I'm going in the bed. I'm, so while we're shooting, I'm going, did we get this angle? Did we get that joke? Did we get. Alright, cool. If we got that thing, I know once we get to editing, I could chop this up and we'll be fine. And was there a lot of improv on set? Oh, with you? Were you just going. I'm a crazy man. <laughs> we write really funny stuff. I just challenge myself to try and top it every episode, every every time we get in front of that live audience. They know Monday through Thursday, I do script. Once they say action, I do one. It's on script, and then from there, I'm playing because I walk it all week long. Going, hmm, oh, you know what I could do here? It'd be funny if I did this here. Oh, you know, it'd be funny if I did that there. And then I get this audience in front of me, and I just go what makes their, their energy. I what makes them laugh. But I try to remain in the scene. I don't. I don't want to be physical for no reason. If I'm doing a bit, because in the scene, that's how I would do it in real life. And if I'm being physical, it's because the situation allows me to be that way. What I love is that I can do all this and still have those moments in the tent where we have a real conversation about real things, and it's about the emotional content. Of the, and the story of, of, of the show and that's what allows me to be physical and nowadays I don't feel comfortable being physical if I don't have a good story and it's the same thing with Naked yeah that's what I was saying I wanted to go into <laughs> I knew because the guy is trying to get married and he's a little selfish and he's a little immature and I knew that the story was good. Like we played the story. When it was time for me to be emotional, I was emotional. When I was getting cursed at, I was getting cursed at. When I was getting, you know, when I had to be the hero, I had to grow to be the hero. Play those moments, and then I get those crazy, fun, physical beats because of a reason. And he's going, he's going through these things. God, the universe puts him through this. So it's not like I'm just doing physical for no for no reason. The situation brings the character to the physical, and it's for a a good reason and a good intention. And so I feel comfortable with doing it now because the stories are, are good. I, I don't want to do it just to. I don't. I want to do physicals just to be physical. I gotta be. I want great stories, and then I can take physical as a gift that I have, and I I can take it anywhere. But I I just really want good stories that make people feel good. Was it purely coincidental these two are coming out virtually at the same time? I don't know. It's it crazy. just happened. It just happened. I mean, so you get to do a double promotion. You know what's crazy? I drive down Sunset and I got a Marlin billboard <laughs> and a naked billboard. That's hilarious. Oh, like, how close are they to each other? Like, well, for some reason, they're right by my house. <laughs> I think they, I think they do that on purpose. So where does Marlin live? He's on Crescent Heights. All right, we'll put one here on Crescent. Keep him happy. Keep we'll him happy. Keep the talent happy. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great moment. You know what I mean? I, I just tweeted today, um, you work a lifetime for a moment like this. You know, when you can, you know, this is stuff you dream about. Oh, I got a movie and a TV show. A movie I produced and I co-wrote and I star in. And I got a TV show that I created, produced, and star in. All coming out at the same time while I'm touring. So, I mean, you know, so I just love working, man. I just love it. That was like, and you felt comfortable being right here. Last one. Uh, I don't think anybody, any man ever feels comfortable being naked, except for like the old guys in the YMCA gym for some reason. Because <laughs> I think when you get older and you get like 70, everything drips, droops. And you're like, I don't care. <laughs> and, um, you know, 
I, 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 I did this. I worked out as hard as I could for the time I had allotted. <laughs> and then from there, I just go, all right, I'm removing my ego and I'm going, well, let, let's let's do it. Let's, let's not worry about this. Let me play the character. Let me play the scene. I didn't do ass makeup. No. no. <laughs> I did the best I could with my body up until that moment. Now all Van Lee goes out the window and I'm in the scene. No body double, that's all you? No, that's all me. Oh, yeah. That ass. <laughs> I'm squatting. So squatting. No ass double for you, right? Nah. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Good luck. A dramatic role, like Requiem for a Dream? No. I mean, one day, hopefully. Um, you know, but I try to put drama inside the things I'm doing now, whereas before I wasn't. I was just doing parody, and that's why I stopped doing parody, because I wanted to flex all the different things that I could do comedically and dramatically. So, Naked, I got great, really good dramatic scenes. Me and Dennis's scene at the end of the movie is really nice. Me and Essence, when we're in the tent, every, every episode we have these nice moments um, where I get to have a nice dramatic beat. So, I'm comfortable with that, and if a great drama comes along, I'll do it, but if not, awesome. comedy it is. Thank you. Thank you. And there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, you can read the full interview on shakefire.com. Cool. Um, I remember when we interviewed him for something, and he talked about 50, making this 50 show. Fifty Shades Dark, Fifty Shades of Black. Fifty Shades. It was a spoof series. Fifty Shades Blacker. Fifty Shades. Yeah, I think it was Fifty Shades Blacker. Um, he seems like just like a workaholic. I feel like he's always yeah. working on either writing, producing, acting in. Like, he's always got, like, four projects lined up, it seems. Um, yeah. And surprisingly, like, this is his, basically his big return to television. You know, he ha he's been doing film for so many years now, and this is his first, you know, new TV series. So... Well, cool. Hopefully it will do well. Um, I've still been meaning to look up some of the numbers from Midnight Texas because that, um, that show needs to, to stay with us. I'm always scared because you guys <laughs> know it's like the Emma curse. When Emma really loves a sci-fi series, it gets canceled. It gets canceled. Especially if it's on NBC. <laughs> so <laughs> rest in peace, the event. Rest in peace. But hopefully, uh, we still have a couple of more um, interviews that I want to bring into the podcast from that. So stay tuned. But uh, moving right along, let's hop into the box office report for this week. Um, I had made notes. Yay, something I know about. <laughs> <laughs> who, who was that voice? I don't know. That's, that came out of nowhere. Um, I was trying to find our predictions for last week and see. Okay, here we go. I think... Um, Dark Tower, you predicted, Matt, you predicted 30 million, and Mike said 16 to 18 million. So, in Price's Right rules. Um, Mike wins. Well, so it was like 18, 19, right? Well, yeah. No, actually, the closest without going over. So, I went over. You, you went over. But, yeah. uh, so Mike you wins. You went over by a lot, Matt. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I did predict that it would be number one. Yep. Yeah, that's the only thing that I messed up. I did say Dunkirk would do around 17. I just thought that maybe it might do better than Dark Tower. Yeah, so we had Dark See, Tower in I'm, first. I'm good with position. I'm bad with numbers. Well. Because um, I've, I've been off on a lot, pretty much all these films. That's why I don't guess at I've, the numbers. 
because I just go with a Mike is surprisingly accurate with the numbers. It's pretty impressive. Um, of course, we had the actual numbers for this week. Uh, the Dark Tower came in with 19 million in first. Dunkirk came in second with 17 million. Um, Emoji Movie somehow still people are seeing that in third. How? Why? <laughs> 12, Why? 12 Why? <laughs> um, Girls Trip in fourth with 11 million and Kidnap in fifth with 10 million. So, um, yeah, it's uh, which, looking Baby Driver on 11th. Still, which, still which in there. by the way. Which, by the way, Kidnap was actually filmed two years ago. Interesting. Well, it's uh, it. Pre- this was, of course, it's uh, its debut, so it debuted in fifth. Um, but I don't have a budget production budget for it, so I don't know how well it did versus what it cost to make. Do you know, Mike? I had no idea, but I don't think it would be a lot. Halle Berry's the only star in that film, and um, it's just all action sequences it's like one long car ride well we have Detroit too I mean Detroit came out in wide release last week and that did abysmal yeah eighth. seven uh seven point one million for Detroit yeah that's that's pretty bad production budget on that one was 34 million so yeah not not great you guys you guys saw that one though do you like it yeah we did i liked it i thought it was really good really intense Uh, although i I must say that i wanted it to end about 30 minutes earlier i thought it would have had a better impact um it it goes on past the incident to you actually see the trial and the aftermath of the trial and I felt like all we needed was just a postscript up on the screen and it would have had a uh, much stronger impact than seeing everything. Because you knew what you knew inevitable that the cops were going to get off and um, nothing would be done uh, to fix anything. Um, so I just would have liked to have ended it about 30 minutes earlier. Fair enough. Um we do have, of course, the two of the films we're reviewing today that come out this Friday, Annabelle Creation and The Glass Castle, um, but also The Nut Job 2, which you, you guys uh, saw yeah. and spoke so fondly yeah. of last Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's not as, you know, it's, it's, it's horrible when you, could, we, when you do this compare thing, but it's not as bad as Boss Baby, but it's still extremely boring. Yeah. Um, and it's, just It's better only, than the first Nut Job. Yeah, it is better than the first nut job, but that's not saying a lot. And it's sad when the only time you laugh is when it's in the outtakes at the during the credits. Um, another one that's coming out this week too, and I think you saw this one, Mike. Ingrid Goes West. You saw that, right? Uh, Ingrid Goes West has not come out this week. Uh, well, Rotten Tomatoes says it comes out no. August 11th. Yeah, that's it's it's releasing in New York and L.A., but uh, it's uh, we're I think we're. A couple weeks away from Ingrid Goes West, um, so I know I have not seen it yet. Um, now there's there's some other um, uh, Wind River is another film which I didn't we all didn't see because we were bowling uh, with Elizabeth Olsen and Jerry Renner. That's coming out, and then there lo- locally in Atlanta there's a couple of um, there's a documentary called Escapes, which is uh, the life of Hampton uh, Fancher who wrote the Blade Runner. Uh, first Blade Runner movie. He's also has written the the sequel that's coming out um, in a couple of months. Cool. Um, what was that movie that had Audrey Plaza in it that you did see recently? She was like a nun or something. 
So, the little one. Yeah. Yeah, that was Those the one. Ones. Yeah. You said that one was weird, right? That, yeah, well, it's because it's it's uh, in the 16th century, but they're talking like it's it's now, um, and it was a ton of cussing, and there was sex, and I mean, it was messed up. <laughs> I, I actually enjoyed the film, but it, boy, it, I could see how the Catholic Church would be a little upset over it. Fair enough. So that's not Ingrid Goes West. Mental note for myself no. on that one. Um, no, no. <laughs> No, Ingram Goes West is a basically a a uh, Audrey Plaza plays a stalker of a um, internet sensation, and um, she decides to move to California and try to ingrain herself into her favorite uh, Instagram personality into their their lives. That sounds kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, moving along, do you guys have any kind of um, guesstimates for how um, this next week's box office report is going to go? I think Annabelle Creation or The Glass Castle will, will do well. I think Annabelle will be number one. I have no idea how much. I think it's going to be a low box office. Doesn't look like a very strong weekend. Doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I would I'm guessing probably somewhere between 25 and 28 for Annabelle. Um, I'm uh, Glass Castle. I in fact I don't even know. Um, I'm going to check to see how many screens it's going to be on. Um, Glass Castle. See, Glass Castle is only going to be in uh, 1,400 screens, uh, whereas Annabelle Two is going to be in 3,400. Um, so literally, Annabelle is is going to be the only choice for a new movie this week for a lot of people, unless you go see The Nut Job too. And I can't imagine, although there are, I'm sure a few. That <laughs> you would never know. You never go know. Go to see both of them, both Nut Job too and Annabelle too. Both opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm, I'm predicting, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so no. Although you may re- you may run screaming from the theater in both those situations. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, on that note, um, let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into our reviews for this week. Do you guys want to do? Let's do Annabelle first. Um, Mike, you want to set that one up? Sure. So Annabelle is uh, about uh, a couple, um, a doll maker and his wife, and um, they're they've they had a little girl and she died, and. Um, a number of years after the little girl's death, they decide to let a nun and uh, several orphan girls into their home to board. And uh, those girls soon become target of the doll maker's possessed creation, Annabelle. There you go. Awesome. Um, dun, dun, dun. Well, diving straight into it, uh, how bored were you guys during this one? Did you Were you entertained? Were you scared? Um, I would give boredom maybe a three. Um, it gets it's very slow at the beginning. I would say um, there's a lot of build up, a lot of the setting up the story of the creation of Annabelle and you know everything that's going on. But um, the later later half of the film, I I really enjoyed. You know, it's very much a jump scare kind of film. So if that's not your style, you're probably not going to enjoy this. It's not psychological or anything like that. 
but um but yeah no i i enjoyed it how about you mike yeah i um i would give it a three also um I don't like the the jump out of the dark to in order to scare you. I like more of the psychological stuff. Um, I like a bigger build up than they have in this. Um, as far as just a psychological stuff, um, so I'd give it a three. I mean, I wasn't. I if as far as a a movie that is um, a jump out of the dark type of film, it's not a bad bad film. Um, it actually does those rather well. I'm just not a big fan of that type of movie. Yeah. Everything, a lot of the things happen in the background. So, like, the camera will be focused on, you know, one of the characters or something. And they'll be doing something innocuous, like just looking at in the room or something. And, like, it's in the background that the action is happening. So, like, you, you're kind of always on the lookout for what's going on in the background or, like, what's going on just directly off camera. And you never quite know when something's going to happen. And What about um, rolling your eyes? I feel like the, the rolling eye factor has to be fairly high. Um, I would say the rolling eyes... I don't know. I wasn't rolling my eyes that much. I would give it maybe a two. You know, it wasn't... Because I thought everything was well done. I, I, I enjoyed the, the whole story of the creation of Annabelle. And, like, this is what I wanted Annabelle to be. Because, like, I thought the original Annabelle that came out a couple years ago, I thought that was going to be, like, an origin story for the doll when it totally wasn't. This one is an origin story, and this one is a lot scarier. And so, yes, it does follow a lot of the same horror conventions that you kind of expect with jump scare films like this so there is some eye rolling but um but i enjoyed it i enjoyed the ride yeah i'd probably give it a three um i felt that um um it it, like i say i'm just not big on jump out of the dark type of movies um but i did it i did like at least that it did give us the the explanation of why annabelle got created and um I think it also did a better job of showing the the dolls, uh, the demon that's in the dolls' uh, powers. Cool. Than the first one did. Well, how about um, best actor or actress and worst actor and or actress? Um, I like. I thought the girl did a really good job. Um, that narrows it down. Yeah. The, <laughs> I the, haven't seen it, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. Um, her name's Janice, so uh, in the film. Uh, Talitha Bateman. Okay. If I'm pronouncing her name correctly, or if I'm pulling an Emma. <laughs> I don't know. It happens. Yeah, it there, happens. There's a, there, one of the girls is targeted by Annabelle right from the start and makes her the main target. Um, and um, I thought, yeah, you're, I agree. She's probably the best, um, at least of the kids. Yeah. Um, uh, anyone that stuck out as a uh, especially bad performance in this one? Hmm. Uh, the doll? The doll. The doll. <laughs> I actually the doll ha- was awesome. 
I, I actually like have one of the dolls from the, the very first really? film. Yeah, they uh, Warner Brothers sent me one, and it's actually staring at me right now. It's, like, is it is it a small version, or is it... Because those dolls are pretty huge. Yeah, it like it's, a, it's like uh, probably like 15 inches. It's a little more than a oh, foot, wow. but uh, it's not quite as large as, as the one in the film. But That's creepy. It's a, it's a, but it's a good size to just kind of like put in random places to scare people. <laughs> so it's it's a perfect size for that. Nice. And you you know you know that so this all this is based on a, a husband and wife team that do come in and uh, basically get demons out of people's houses or out of workplaces. And this is based on an actual doll that they have. Um, and but. The doll actually was a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. Interesting. Which they actually, they kind of, you know, put in an Easter egg in the film because a Raggedy Ann doll, the original Raggedy Ann doll, makes an appearance at one point. Cool. So. So obviously, um, no no Georgia recognition here. This, this movie was not filmed in Georgia. Um Actually, nope. looking up where it was filmed, and I don't actually see that on the IMBD page right now. Um, nope, that's because I'm not on the right IMBD page. That's probably why. Um, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Warner yeah. Brothers Studios. Um, so on the official scale, the official Atlas scale, one to five, what would you guys give this? I'd give it a ATL with a small a. Oh, almost a, kind of an Atlas. Yeah. Okay. I liked it. I I enjoyed it. You know, I thought it was, it's a decent horror film. You know, it's not amazing. I I personally like jump scares when they're done well. And Annabelle Creation does it well. You know, it's much better than Annabelle that came out a couple years ago. It's not quite as good as The Conjuring, the original The Conjuring. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'll give it an ATL. All right, three out of five. Not bad. Yeah, I mean, I, it, like I said, if if you like jump out of the dark films, then this is a film for you. I'm just not a big fan of them. I I I think The Conjuring is a much better film, much much better film. I personally like the um, ones that are a little bit more psychological. We didn't actually mention that I saw Get Out um, last weekend, so now I'm in the know. Uh, Finally, with that movie, um, but I think that's an example of like a. I mean, I don't even know if you can fully. I guess it's like a psychological thriller more than it is a horror movie. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yep. It's it's hard. Get to out is go in a from, class of its own. Yeah, it's. I think it's hard to go from seeing something like that to seeing something that is more traditional horror because your your yeah. expectations are just kind of like, well, why wasn't it more like Get Out, which was brilliant, um, but. <laughs> so this one, this one, not a psychological thriller. So. No. No. <laughs> um, well, moving right along to The Glass Castle, which I have no idea what that one is about. Uh, Matt, do you want to set that well, one up it's for a, us? It's, it's, it's a horror movie in its own, its own right, almost. <laughs> it's, um, so, yeah, The Glass Castle is actually, you know, based on a true story of Jeanette Walls, it's basically her life, you know, she wrote a memoir in uh, 2005, and this is basically an adaptation of that, and it's basically the story of her and her family, you know, her father basically is a 
their family is a nomadic, so like they move around from house to house. They basically, you know, they're squatters. Right. And it's it follows them growing up in this house. You know, her father, who's played by Woody Harrelson, he's he's an alcoholic. He's abusive. He's he's a dreamer too. So like, there's this, you know these moments where you want to hate him, but you also want to love him. And so Brie Larson plays um, Jeanette and it's her story. So it's her growing up in this abusive house and her and her sisters trying and brothers trying to, um, to get out, trying to, you know, escape their father, escape this lifestyle that they're living. And, you know, it follows, her as an adult and her as a kid, it goes back and forth between the two. And, you know, she's she's made a name for herself as an adult, gotcha. but it still still impacts her. I don't feel like we've seen a whole lot of um, advertising for this one, um, which is why I, I completely wasn't on my radar at all. But it's got a, yeah. a great cast of uh, Brie Larson, Woody Harrelson, Naomi Watts, Max Greenfield. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, cool, cool. Let's uh, jump straight into it. Um, on a boredom scale of one to five, how bored were you guys? I would say maybe a two. You know, um, it kind of tapers off towards the end for me. Um, but um, I was engaged for most of the whole movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it um, um, much less on that. Um, I'm going to give it a 3.5. Um, the problem that I have with this film is that it um, it's it's basically the same thing over and over and over and over again, which is the father is a big dreamer and he's got all these ideas and he's always the next place is going to be the place that we're going to love and settle down. And then due to his drinking, um, he always um, crashes. He always loses the job. And they always have to leave in the middle of the night to escape the bill collectors. And, but it's just, it const, this constantly happens in this movie. This movie's two hours and seven minutes long, and it feels that length. Um, it just feels like a really long movie. And it's just, it, it's got great performances in it. So the performance, there's nothing to, uh, to about the performances. But man, it just, the constant of the of the father promising that he'll change or things are going to be better and then him disappointing the kids and it just keeps going on and on this film just keeps going on and on and i that's that's my biggest problem with this film is that i just okay we we've got the point the father's going to disappoint the kids and the kids are hungry got it See, you I don't have to show it to me three more times. See, I like that because it wasn't just that. It was, you know, having it built each time. Like, it got progressively worse and worse each time. And, like, there were moments where it did get a little bit better. And, like, one of the one of Brie Larson's, or at least the young version of Brie Larson, one of her things is that she's pretty much the only one of the family who actually believes in the father throughout the entire film um, as a kid you know they they make reference to that and so like I I I I, I like that about it I feel like it's been a while since you guys have agreed on anything 
<laughs> I don't know what happened to you guys, but I feel like you're always like <laughs> disagreeing now. I think it was. I think it's Comic Con. I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just spent too much time together. <laughs> no. Um, see, we, we not agree even agreeing on, on we that. We agree on the nut job. <laughs> yeah, we agree on the nut job. Fair enough. Nut job is a nut job. <laughs> um, well, on the uh, the eye rolling factor, one to five on this one, uh, what would you give this this film? I'd give it a one. I mean, there was there was really no eye rolling. I mean, it's it's a dark and it's a heavy film, so you're not really rolling your eyes at anything that's going on. And like like yeah, Mike there's, said, there's the performances that- are really good. So yeah. There's nothing to eye roll at, um, and you know it's it, it's impacted by the fact that it's a it's a true story, so you just can't believe that um, these kids have grown up and actually are somewhat normal um, because uh, their childhood was just horrendous. Uh, so, what about best and worst performances? Were there what were there any that kind of stuck out to you guys? Well, I, there was the one the uh, the young woman who plays uh, Brie Larson's character at like age ten or twelve. Uh, her name is Ella Anderson. There's a really incredible scene between her and Naomi Watts, who plays the mom, where basically she tells the mom that she needs to leave uh, Woody Harrelson's character uh, Rex. Uh, because it's going to destroy her if she doesn't. And she tells her mom, you got to get out. And the mom basically says, I can't. Um, and it's just a, it's a really, it's probably one of the strongest scenes in the film. And the, the young woman that does it is just amazing in it. I'd give it to Woody Harrelson because um, it's, it's Woody Harrelson for the entire film, you know, as it goes back and forth like I was uh, honestly I was expecting to be a lot more of Brie Larson in it but um they kept hers it felt like to a minimum which which actually benefited the film but um I think Woody Harrelson just absolutely nailed it as the the abusive drunk because like there are times where you do really honestly want to believe in him and like you think okay maybe this is gonna be the time but no it's not. Um, well, no, no Georgia recognition factor here on on this one. Not filmed in Georgia. Um, on a scale, on the official Atlas scale, one to five, what would you give Glass Castle? I'd give it a full Atla. You know, four, full four. You four. know, I I liked it. It's it could have been a little bit better, but um, you know, the performances are amazing. I might even nominate Woody Harrelson for, for the Oscars for this. Um, he's definitely up there on my list for one of the best performances, I'd say. But, um, no, I, I really enjoyed this one. I'll just give it an ATL. Um, I, it, like I said, I, I, just, I felt like the film never quite came together, and I never also got that big emotional moment. Uh, there, is a, there is a big there is a moment at near the end of the film that's meant to be highly emotional and I just didn't get get what I needed from this film fair enough um what did you what did you need Mike (laughs) I needed more emotional impact I I wanted I I just felt like the the movie never hit the mark and um even with all these brilliant performances in it it's like the script let them down 
Fair enough. Um, so out of those two, well, I guess out of all of the movie options that people can go see this weekend, are you guys recommending Annabelle for, for people to check out or something else? I'd recommend Glass Castle. You know, this um, is probably my favorite. Like a, yeah, I think if you're, I, I, I'm wondering the people that have read the book, if, they, if, if it follows the book fairly closely and maybe they're the ones that are going to really enjoy it because they know more about the story. Um, and so they have more background than I, than I have, um, as far as, as far as, uh, the storyline. Um, if you, you know, I'm, there's no way I'm recommending that job too, even if you've got kids that, you know, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you like scary movies, Annabelle's fine. I mean, it's not a bad movie. It's actually for a scary movie. It's pretty good. Well, speaking of things that we recommend for people, um, we have Project Cosplay next Thursday, August 17th, and it will be, of course, at Joystick Game Bar, 9 p.m., and our theme for this month is actually Dragon Con. So, you know, last-minute Dragon Con costumes or whatever you're planning on doing for Dragon Con, um, it should be a, a good show. And then, of course, on next week's podcast, we will have um, reviews of Logan Lucky, which we all just saw yesterday, and uh, Hitman's Bodyguard. And I should be going, I'm pretty sure I'm going, still waiting on my confirmation, um, to see American in Paris at the Fox, which I'm super excited about because I've wanted to see that play uh, for a couple of years now. So hopefully it lives up to the hype in my head that I have for it. <laughs> but now, Emma, have you seen the movie? I have not seen the movie. Should I see that okay. before the play? I know. You know what? It would be probably better if you didn't. Um, that way you don't have any expectations. Yeah. Well, it sounds like she already has pretty high expectations. I do. I have <laughs> I do. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, expectations as far as scenes, specific scenes, are, are specific numbers. Because I don't know what their score is. Um, so I don't know if they added stuff, if they took out some stuff. So I think it'd be better to hold off. It would be interesting to, for you to see the movie after you've seen the play, Fair enough. and then compare the two. Yeah, that's generally like how I like to go into stuff because I feel like if you go in, especially with like films, and you've read the book first, it never lives up to it. Um, so seeing the movie first and then going back later, it's it's uh, usually a better way to do it. But hopefully, it'll be awesome, and we can talk about all of that next week on next week's podcast. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. Again, this is the Atlas Podcast, and my name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at FanBolt.com. And I'm Matt Rodriguez, the Owner-in-Chief Editor of ShakeFire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney with Last One to Leave the Theater and ATLCW.TV. And we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>